Hi, I'm Will. And I'm Luke. And this is Will, Will and Luke, Luke Discuss. A vodcast. And podcast. Where we discuss content related to psychology, personal growth, self-development, and well-being. This, this episode, episode, we're discussing... Getting Things Done by David Allen. <laughs> oh no, you've resorted to the Kindle. The Kindle, I yeah, saw yeah. That. I haven't seen your Kindle yet. Oh, nice. Ah, oh, you've got the um, you got the image up on front. I like it. Oh yeah, I just wanted to keep that, keep that as reference. That's uh, yeah, yeah. It's one of the um, yeah. It's one. Of, it's like the the basic representation of the whole system that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. What you do with your stuff and inputs in your life and tasks and lists and um, how to respond to them. So I think um, a, uh, I'll I'll tell you what I think the book's about, and then like you. Yeah if you let me know if you kind of agree or want to fill in any gaps please i totally rushed my first one so ignore that <laughs> <laughs> so i see it as it's, it's like a manual for productivity rather than a like um a sort of piece of writing you can sit and reflect on it's like it, it's like a step-by-step instruction manual for his productivity system um yeah. Which, but he also says along the way that if you're not in a place right now where you're going to implement this fully, you'll still pick up a lot of um, ideas and tricks along the way you can put into the system you already have. So so it's still valuable even if you're not going to go full on because the actual system itself involves an invent, uh, taking an inventory of your entire life (laughs) and everything yeah. you have physically and on your mind um, and writing it down somewhere on all separate bits of either paper or, or on your computer mm-hmm. and then like sorting that into an organizational system so that you can feel that um, confidence that whatever you're doing is what you want to do. You know what you're not doing and are okay with that. So you can have that like flow state, clear mind focus on everything you're doing. I think, um, yeah, you, you make the point, you know, it's not, it is a, you know, an instructional manual, but also there are, you know, there's a value system behind it, you know, that we're, the aim of this is to, you know, create psychological space that we're having appropriate engagement with our life, that we're, we're not feeling like we should be elsewhere when we're doing one thing. So you know, doing one thing at a time so we can be, you know, ultimately present in that moment and achieve that flow you talk about. And I think yeah. um, in general, he advertises that this will make you feel more relaxed and confident in doing, confident in the fact that you're doing what you ought mm. to be doing in that one moment. So, yeah. I mean, that, that was a huge takeaway for me. And I'm, I'm interested as we get into this to look at, I've taken some of the principles and the values of this um, and add them into my current system of organizing, remembering, um, completing of tasks, um, track, tracking projects and that sort of thing. I've added a few things, but I know when we spoke four years ago, I think it was about four years ago or something, you told me about this book and I think maybe you'd started doing it or you'd given it a go. This is probably the third time I fully implemented it. Yeah. (laughs) In my life. Maybe I'm just Give us a quick uh, overview of like your your journey of this, or you know, kind of how you, how you've approached it previously, and how this does. Uh, yeah, I think I found there's this um, podcast I used to listen to years ago now, um, 
I don't know if it's still running. It's called uh, the School Sucks Project. And it's about like um, education, learning, homeschooling, and spends most of its time slagging off government school systems. But like it introduced this book. It did like a three or six part series on implementing this productivity system into your life as a way of, um, yeah, something to, to learn. And so I, I picked up the book from that and yeah, there was something, some relief I got from seeing all my stuff that way, that it could all be out of my head and somewhere else. And, um, when I got a taste of that, release and that reduction of anxiety that I didn't even necessarily know was there that kind of constant oh there are things in the back of mind I know I should be doing but I'm not 100% sure what they are just just ups that base level a bit yeah that's what he describes as um open loops right Mm, there's lots of open loops things that you haven't finished or that are on your mind that you want to act on um but which aren't captured in some way outside of your head yeah so if you don't capture them in a what's he call it like an external mind or an external system to your brain yeah. is that what he talks about yeah then. It, it, well it's like the mind is really good at um ideas generating creativity but it's like rubbish as a memory storage system and retrieval system mm. so it's like yeah. it always gives you the things to remember at like the wrong times like you remember to you know that it's someone you're close to's birthday like on the day rather than a few days before when you're at the shop where there are actual birthday cards around, like your mind isn't good at doing that. (laughs) But so it's about using the mind, what it's good for recognizing what it's not so good for and creating a system that's better at your mind at doing those things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm aware we kind of jumped out of your story for a second. Okay. Interesting to hear the end of that. Yeah. I think I, I sort of, I probably did the first bit of the system or well, the first time I learned about it. So just all the capturing. And I think just from that, I felt a lot of relief. Um, but inevitably, um, you know, let it slip over time. And then I think maybe a couple of years later when I got a bit overwhelmed again, I thought now this time I'm going to fully implement it. And um, when I did that, I, I was also uh, really, well, I guess still am, but maybe not so uh vivaciously into minimalism and like making sure everything i owned i owned for a purpose i owned as few things as possible so when i implemented it that time i did it i tried to do it all digitally so everything was on the computer and i think there was something about that that like in hindsight um left me not being able to kind of like have decent overviews of everything because you know, especially when you're working from a laptop, all you've got at any one time is this sort of A4 screen. And uh, it's hard to really feel and get a trust <laughs> that it's all in there and it's in the system. It's and worth us, um, sorry, just to jump yeah, in, it's, it. worth me- it's worth mentioning that um, this is a new version of the book that he brought out in 2015. Um, yeah. And the old version was, God, when was it? 80s or 90s or something? No, I think it was, it was, it was a lot later than that. I think it might have been 2003. Later. Oh, really? It was, okay. still, it was still before, was 90s, like, yeah. you know, it, he still talked about, like, uh, PDAs and 
fax machines and like there was a lot in there that's now redundant yeah so he, he's basically like released a new version to be you know up to date and adjusted in the digital world um yeah yeah so so sorry you first tried this on a computer didn't like that couldn't give you a good overview and and um, just just on that point yeah. he also like in the first book he gave like a lot of specific recommendations for um tools Whereas yeah. this time he's like, I know the technology is going to rapidly change faster than I can say. So like, here's the principles of it. And yeah. the, the book's a bit more evergreen, like in a, in a 200 years, whatever technology is out there, you should still be able to use this current book to, mm. uh, and the principles in it to adapt to whatever technology you have at the time. Whereas the first one's a bit more like based on what was available at the time. At that point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, so yeah, I, I, and so this time, <laughs> I've uh, I've got myself filing cabinets. I've got my uh, got my in trays. <laughs> I've got, oh yes, <laughs> I've got my um, got my labeler. <laughs> uh, <gasps> I, I'm, oh, I can't believe you went that far. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a pad right next to me to capture any ideas that goes in my in tray. And so I, I am integrating it with my computer, and it's not all going to be physical because like there are some things that are genuinely easier or swifter, better to do on the computer, but I, I'm not basing yeah. the decision on some ideal that it all has to be digitally in the cloud. It's like, no, if it feels better to have it physically, I'm going to do that. And I'm hoping that that time, this time, having done that, it will make it kind of stick for me. Okay. Can you maybe just give a brief, um, and I'm just interested to know like what sort of things are we talking about when we're making an inventory? Are we talking about absolutely every every task? So, you know, any paperwork or errands you've got to do mm. or projects you're running or photos you want to organize or things well, you I'll want to create or tidy up? Is it everything or? I'll start just with some examples of what's right in my inbox now. So as we ah. were setting up this call, I noticed that hum coming through my mic again. And I think we worked out last time, it's a dodgy XLR cable. So... I just wrote down by quality XLR cable brackets, no nice. hum. And I've chucked that in my inbox. Um, uh, as I was setting up as well, like I've got my audio interface and my webcam using my two USB slots. So I couldn't also use my wireless keyboard. So I put get USB extension and just chucked it in my inbox. Nice. I've, I've got like a receipt here that needs to be filed for tax expenses. So like, that's just one or two little things that goes just into in, so it's out of your head. Yeah. It's what I call stuff, right? Yeah. So, so from stuff he, goes into the in basket. Yeah. And you can capture that, like I just did then, as and when it arises. But if you go through it more systematically, he's like, he's like, right, start at your desk. <laughs> just look at all your like physical stuff around you. Anything that's not what it is, where it's supposed to be, like get it in your inbox. If it's too big to go in your inbox, make a paper label for it and put that in the inbox. And uh, he says that anything... Sorry, mate. I'm just going to uh, get my GTD file from my filing cabinet and um, have a look at my notes. <laughs> so anything that's not equipment, supplies, decoration, or reference material uh, is stuff. <laughs> so like... Th th those four things stay where they are. So my desk is a piece of equipment that can stay where it is. Um, these notepads uh, are supplies. They can stay where they are on my desk. The um, 
I don't have much decoration. I guess there's a plant in the corner of my room. That's decoration because it's got no functional purpose. So that can stay where it is. And this file, all the files in my filing cabinet are reference material. So that can stay where it is. But anything that isn't those four things is kind of like hasn't necessarily been um, identified. So the idea is get it into your inbox and and then later when you've captured everything, you can clarify what it actually is and what it means to you. Yeah. I think it's probably, um, uh, yeah, I guess before I ask a few more questions, I think it might be worth just um, outlining the, like the five steps to mastering mm. workflow that he talks about. Go so, I mean, the whole, the whole purpose of this, um, according to him is, I might read it out, is, um, yeah. you know, capture what has our attention. So that's referring to, the stuff we're talking about, the inputs, mm. and then clarify what each item means and what you want to do about it. Mm. And then organize these, which then presents options that we reflect on, mm -hmm. which we then choose to engage with. Yeah. So capture, clarify, organize, reflect, engage. Yeah. And so I guess what he's talking about here is like really, as you go through things on your list, well, not necessarily. He would he would probably shy away from the the word list, wouldn't he? But as you go, you know, as you go through your inputs, making decisions about you know what is important, what it exactly needs to be done about mm. each input, what is the next action step, and then deciding from there whether it's actionable. Yeah. If it's not, then there's some a set um, three things you can do about it. If it is actionable, um, there's a whole. You know, I'm kind of just about to go down the whole. Um, yeah. flow chart of it all but basically yeah it's either actionable or it's not and then if yeah. it's not you can choose to store that in some way do it later chuck it away or oh he's drawn up his own there we go <laughs> didn't have <laughs> um, a printer <laughs> didn't you okay i'll just choose my kindle but um yeah i hope that yeah sorry to um i guess kind of jump in a bit but no, i, I want to hear all about your process but a bit, bit of an overview just for those listening yeah um, yeah that's the view. So maybe, maybe give, can you give me an example of um, something that wasn't actionable and what you did about it and something that was actionable and what you did about it? Okay. Um, One of each would be good. So something that's, so, okay, I'll, I'll take one, I'll take this. So buy high quality US, uh, sorry, XLR cable. I, that's at the moment, that's in the, in tray so it's not clarified so the next step would be to clarify this um as something that's actionable or not as it turns out this is an actionable item but i need to define it better i can't just buy an xlr cable that's too abstract i need to be somewhere more specific so my next action for this off the top of my head would probably be um do some internet research on the higher quality XLR cables and get an idea of price ranges. That would be my next action step. Yeah. Because um, you can't actually, I mean, I guess you could, but you can't actually like buy one until you know which one you want to buy. So it yeah. really gets you to focus on like, what is the exact next action step? And where I've decided to buy it as well. So do I decide to go to a store and ask someone, do I decide to buy it online? So my, I would automatically decide, right. I want to buy it online. It's simpler. Um, but I don't know which one I want yet. I will just research who makes the higher quality ones and then get an idea of price range. If it's within my price range, then I'll, my next action would be to purchase it. Um, 
and then then it would go in my waiting for stack as I'm waiting for it to be delivered. So that would go. So just in terms of what you would do next with that yeah. post-it note that you've written on um, yeah. that input, where, where does that go next? Does that go into a? Um, you know, it's, you're obviously going to defer that. You're not going to do that right now, are you? <laughs> so, no, because now where, I, I have a priority to speak with you. Yeah. Yeah. So where 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 do you put it? What? what so when I process list, my intro, does that go in? So um, weekly, right? I would put it in. So it would go on a next actions list, and he talks about when. So next actions are the the real physical next steps you can actually do on something. Um, so for example, internet research on higher quality XLR cables is something I can do. If I want to be more specific, I can put like, I don't know, 15 minutes or something. And, yeah. um, and I would put that on a next actions list. And he, he would say, unless you have like fewer than 25 next actions, which almost no one would, then you want to categorize your next actions into contexts where you can actually do them. So for me, that would be at my computer. So I, I would put it on my at computer next actions list. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's kind of gone into the, just look at the flowchart, like you've deferred that action, but you've put it in a place where it's like, these are the next actions I need to take. And well, then yeah. I suppose if... Firstly, I've yeah. clarified it as, yeah. as something that's actionable. Then I've yeah, deferred it into a next actions list of things to do whilst at my computer. Okay. No. And what and I, I, I would I'm... also do, sorry, whilst before, no, no, go. what I'd also do is write, so because he, he defines a project as anything that takes more than one action, because re having researched an XLR cable, I haven't yet bought it, um, this would be a project. So I would put on my projects folder to buy XLR cable. And that would be, okay. um, your projects aren't actionable. You can't do a project. You can only do the next action step towards Yes, them. yeah. But um, they're really helpful for reflecting. Uh, so like on your weekly review, you might look at your projects and be like, oh, oh, I haven't actually bought that XLR cable yet. What's the next action I need to do for that? Or maybe I have bought it now, so I can just tick it off and stick on my waiting for list until it's delivered. Mm. And something I think uh, I, I liked in this is, so what, once you've got the next actions list, which is something I've now put into my weekly paper diary that oh, yeah. I use weekly. I've started writing in next actions and then basically it's getting too much. So I'm querying whether to do what you're doing. But um, he says like when, when you're deciding on the actions, there's like yeah. four criteria for choosing them. Yeah. So that's looking at time available, the energy you've got available, um, the context, like what you're talking about, like when I'm at a computer yeah. and the, the priority of it. So I imagine, yeah. for example, you said, right, next time you're at your computer and you've got say 15 minutes spare, you can yeah. look at your next actions list and go, okay, researching an XLR cable will take 10 minutes. I've got 10 minutes before my next call comes through. Um, this is a good one to do. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and let's say, for example, you were like really tired and couldn't be fucked doing anything. Yeah. That might also be a good one to do. Whereas yeah. if you had a lot of energy, you might pick a next act. You had more time and more energy. You might pick yeah. a next action step that requires, um, something that yeah yeah like brainstorming a project something that takes more creative energy yeah no, i think that's a really interesting <laughs> way of thinking about things it's a bit more of a forgiving attitude isn't it yeah. towards yourself you've got this whole list of things you want to do and you can there's a bit of flexibility there you know like okay can i really be bothered like 
vacuuming the whole house when I had a really tiring day at work, I'm knackered, but I'd also feel really good about myself if I can just get like a few little tasks, those next actions mm. done um, that might be a bit um, simpler or require me to sit on my ass instead of mm. moving around. Um, yeah, I, I like that. that. That's a way I've started thinking about it as well, those next actions and then what circumstances are they best to do them in? Yeah, I think it's worth pointing out as well that you want to make the capturing as easy as possible. And I think that's why you don't define everything when it comes into your head. Otherwise, it'd be too much energy. Like, it's, it was really easy as you were kind of logging into Zoom for me to write down, get XLR cable and just chuck it in my inbox. But the extra, although it doesn't sound like much, the extra bit of thought into actually defining what is the next actual physical action I would need to do for this and where would I want to be? I might be like, oh, I'll think about it later. Like, so there's a but it's difference. there. You know it's there. Mm. You know you'll think about it later. Yeah. Yeah, but I but I now trust that I will think about it later because the the stuff has been captured. And that's that's a huge part of this, isn't it? That often you know something might pop into your head, like, oh, I really need to get that thing from the supermarket for that dinner on Friday night. But then you you don't want that um, buy avocado mm. to like pop up into your head in situations where it's not not no. needed. You know, like no. if you're about to like call a client or your work, like I, I've really reflected on the amount of times that just stuff that's just not related to the situation <laughs> I'm in yeah. pops into my head. And yeah. I guess even if it does pop in your head, you can go, that's in a place external to me mm. where I know that I'll define that later. Or mm. I'll act on that later. It's outside yeah. of you, which is quite a refreshing thing because I know yeah. personally I can... I can become like quite frantic in wanting to get something done. Like the moment yeah. it's on my mind, I want to get it done and complete. And yeah. I think it's led to me like rushing things in general. Um, yeah. So I think it, it also, I suppose, forces you to slow down and think really considerately, like in that yeah. defining stage about like what's actually the best way to um, progress forward with this rather than rushing anything. You're actually giving yourself the time and space to define things properly. Mm and choose the most efficient way of doing it. So even, yeah. even though this seems like a, a lengthy process or a time-consuming process from the outside, it's probably saving you a lot of time, time and energy in the long run. Oh, yeah, and that's part of the point, isn't it? But, and yeah, it saves the, you thinking about the XRL cable like five times this week during yeah. the week and thinking about when I'm going to check it out or half researching it. Whereas, yeah, you know th- this, is, this is an ideal, but like he... He says that you know a principle could be that you you never need to have the same thought twice. Like if you capture it each time you have it, then there's no need for you to have it again. And like you said, if you happen to have it again, so you think about buying avocados whilst you're at work, it's like, oh, like I can relax that I've already written that down the first time I had this thought, so it's okay. Don't worry, mind, I've got this. And when you talked about rushing, then it's like you're probably my guess would be you're rushing because you don't want to forget the stuff you have to do so it's like whilst you're holding it all in your mind if i get it all done then i'll feel that release but but then it keeps on coming the stuff keeps yeah. the inputs keep coming yeah and i think i've realized that at quite quite a young age when i first started having lists of things to do like when you know you have your first responsibilities when you actually have mm. to start taking your studies seriously or like <laughs> i don't know you've got things you need to do um yeah finding yeah i've noticed that pattern from quite early on but yeah, I like yeah. to kind of get things done quickly. Um, I, I'm interested to know, just with this example, you know, if 
what other ways this could go. Say you wanted to either, um, whether you could do that really quickly, for example, or whether you wanted to delegate it, or whether it was something you could maybe lock into your calendar. I know there's different ways we could think about this one example. Yeah. Um, I guess one, so, sorry, just to say, so you've got your uh, buy XLR cable, you know what the next action is. Um, will it take less than two minutes? And what he says is, if it will take less than two minutes, do it. Mm. So that's one option you've got. Like, And that's that's quite an interesting takeaway, isn't it? Like if something's just quick and you can do it and get it done, mm. get it off your mind and mm. it's complete, yeah, just do it. Yeah, yeah. And um, the, I think it's hard to tell. I th- I, yeah, that's a really valuable. I found that really valuable. And he definitely talks about that during the kind of capturing inventory process. So as he talks about taking an inventory of just all your stuff, whilst things come up during that that take less than two minutes, just do it. Obviously, there would be times like if you're in a meeting and you think, oh, I need to text so-and-so about this. That might take less than two minutes, but it wouldn't be appropriate to like go on your yeah. phone in the meeting, for example. So you might just mm-hmm. scribble it on your pad. Um, so it's, it's still sort of context dependent, but yeah, in the process of in taking an inventory of all your stuff, it's like when you can just do the quick actions as soon as they pop up. Yeah. I think I have to do that a lot at work. Um, mm. my current workplace at the moment, I've been thinking obviously about how this applies in my personal life and in my work life, there's a lot of different inputs and things going on. You know, I have like a list of priorities mm. and we speak about the priorities at the beginning of the day, like who we need to see, what are the follow-up phone calls, family meetings, all that sort of thing. Quick emails, you might get a text through, like, yeah, you can just spot fire this, spot fire that. And mm. I guess it, you know, it, a lot of it is like intuition and just how you can manage it in your in your mind. Like there's some circumstances in which I guess you can't, you can't be like too, too stubborn with your plan. And what he's mm. saying is like, this actually gives you a bit of flexibility by knowing exactly what's what and what needs doing. Mm. It gives you more like psychological flexibility, yeah. which, um, which I've definitely taken away. Yeah, it's yeah. a different way of thinking about it. Um, I'm just curious. So let's say you couldn't do it in the next two minutes. What are yeah. your other options? So, um, well, I, I would stick it on my at computer next actions list. And next yeah. time I'm at my computer with free time, that would be the list I would pull up and um, okay. I would go through it and start cranking stuff off that list. What about um, putting it in your calendar? So like, This is, I, I, this I is the day I'm going to buy it or something like that. I wouldn't do that because it doesn't need to be done on a particular day. Um, he says that the calendar is yeah. kind yeah. of sacred territory for either appointments that have to happen on that time or that day. So, um, for example, my client appointments have to happen at specific times on specific days so that they're in my calendar. And he gave an example of something that might say have to happen on Friday, but doesn't necessarily matter what time. And he's like, that should also go on a list on your calendar. But he's like, you should keep everything else off that because it's like, if you put stuff on your calendar that doesn't have to be done that day, it can turn into a, like you can lose sight of what does. Um, yeah. It kind of dilutes the things that I definitely need to do this on Wednesday. And so it's better to have a list of, of um, a separate list for next actions that don't, you know, maybe it, you'd like to do it this week or something. 
And what, what would you do if you wanted me to buy the XR cable for you? Like you didn't have <laughs> the capacity to, you just, you just could not do it. Um, so I guess my next action would be uh, contact Will. So I would choose the way to contact you. Like, oh, would it be more appropriate to email him this or would, would it just be easier to drop him a call or maybe a voice message? I would choose the context so that that would give me, let's say I said, I'm going to WhatsApp voice message him. So then that would go on my app phones list. Um, WhatsApp voice message Will, ask him if he would research and buy me an XLR cable. And then once I had done that, that would now go on my waiting for list, waiting for reply of Will re XLR cable. Yeah, that's what, yeah, so I was kind of, yeah, but that, that would go on a waiting list, not like a next action to ask Will. Other, well, um, it might, it would do it first. It would go on the next action yeah. on my phone's yeah. next actions list. Okay. Unless like, unless I was free right now, like if I wasn't in this meeting, with you now then it would take because it would take less than two minutes i would just do it as i thought of it mm. so oh I'll, yeah. i'm not the most appropriate person to do this i know nothing about cables will knows loads about it he'd probably be willing to do that for me very easily i'll ask him oh i'll send him a message it's a bit too complicated for me to type out it'd be easier for me to speak but i don't want to interrupt him i'll send him a voice message now yeah. and then i'll stick that on my my waiting for list and so i can sort of review that at the end of the week yeah. So um, it just makes me think of like in the Tim Ferriss book, he's like, just go to the person who knows the answer. Don't bother yeah. researching anything. So it's like, yeah, if you knew that I, I, I just, that was my thing, cables. Yeah. Like you could just go straight to me. I think that's a good the amount of times I've like researched things when I could have just asked somebody. I mean, yeah, that's kind of researching. I'm not saying don't ever research, but sometimes you can just get like a really quick, simple answer. Yeah, like I could be like, Will, send me a link to the um, best quality, reasonable priced XLR cable. And if I knew you knew that stuff, then it, it would be easier than me wasting time searching through the internet for it. I love those people who just send you back like a li- two links. Like one of these two is great. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <but>. done. <laughs> Don't have to think about it. Um, cool. Uh, have, you, have you got an example? What, what are, oh, yeah. I was just going to say, you asked me about one that wouldn't be actionable. Is that what you were about to say? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I think, I, I just think this is an interesting way of like hearing your process. Like mm, how you so, um, is there something in your in-train now that's, uh, so it's gone into your, your in-basket. Yeah. You've worked out what it is. You've defined it. <clears throat> well, I, if it's in my in-basket, I've not necessarily defined it. So for example, but one then, of the things in my in-basket is this bike bell. <laughs> I, I haven't des- defined it yet, but it's just in there. And I know at some point I need to define you know, attaching this to my bike. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. So, I interrupted. Oh no, no, no. So you, it's there and is it actionable? What if it's not actionable? What's an example of something that's not. So actionable? if it's not actionable, you eat it's, you either store it as reference material. So it's something that, um, Oh, an example of that is, um, so in my, reference filing cabinet I've got down here. I've got this file for instructions and in there I've got the instructions for my label maker and the blinds I recently installed. So like I might need to refer to those instructions someday and I might not, but I don't want to get rid of them in case I do. So I've just stuck them in a reference file in alphabetical order. (laughs) 
Okay, and then he talks about like a, uh, a tickler uh, sorry, file. Sorry, before oh, so, yeah. th- there are two yeah. other things. So if that, so you might reference it. Another thing you might do is throw it away. So it might just be rubbish. So for example, let's um, times past or something. Yeah, let's say so. I've got one of these receipts. I might have stuck it in there for um, um, tax purposes. I might pick up the receipt and think, oh, actually, th- I didn't buy anything on here that would be for expenses. So I just need to throw this away. Yeah. And yeah. The, the third thing, if it's not actionable, um, is a someday maybe so list, which would be well, I I don't want to work on this now, but it's a project I might want to do in the future. So I want to store it somewhere. I know I will look at it at some point, but it's, it's not something I want to be working on at the moment. So it could be something like I want to plan, plan like an anniversary trip in five years time with my wife. Right. Yeah. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to work on it right now, but it's yeah. obviously something that's important to follow up on, but you would, yeah. I mean, how often would you go back into these, um, I suppose, the tickler file? How often would you be planning on revisiting the tickler file? Like, not, obviously, not as much as your next actions list. Right. So, um, so with the someday maybe list, uh, I'm just going to backtrack a little. You can either just have it as a list in a file, so you know it, like, during your reviews, um, whether it's a weekly review or at the end of the month or something, you would just, like, run your eyes over all your to do some days and just double check, uh, is this still something I don't want to do right now? Or it actually, this was a stupid idea, I just throw it away. Or actually, yeah. I'm in a place now where I do want to act on this project, so I'll take it out the Sunday, maybe maybe stick it back in my in-tray and actually work on working on it. Then go for it. Yeah, then another, define it. And, so. Yeah. Another way to defer it to the future is, like you said, to, to have a tickler file, which is a, a physical calendar system where... Um, where on a on a two dimensional calendar you would just write things on it with, with this tickler file it'd be a filing system with thirty one files for each day of the month and then twelve files for each of the month so you could post physical things to yourself in the future ah okay um, interesting yeah. so you might it with your someday maybes it might be that it's not just any random day I want to maybe do this in the future but oh actually specifically i want to be reminded of this in three months time when it's closer to christmas Uh, i've got this christmas idea i don't want to buy it now i'll stick it in my december file and then when it comes around to december i'll be reminded of it what's your i mean are you going to do that or are you thinking of another way of doing that like I, i tend stuff like that i just write in a diary i just go like i buy birthday card on this date, I just write it like five days before the birthday or something. Which is which is great if it's something you can write down. But let's say it's six months before your birthday. I'm in a shop and I found a card that would be like, it's so well, it would be perfect for you. I'm going to buy that. Where would I put that? Where I put it is in my sort of July folder in the tickler file. So I'm prepared to send it to you for your birthday on the 6th of August. Yeah, <laughs> then you get my uh, then you get my uh, my address from your reference file. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. So it's <laughs> nice. so although, like you say, with with a lot of things, you could just stick it. If you know the day, you want to be reminded of something, and it's something you could just have in writing. You would just write it in your calendar. But if you want to put like 
Uh, another example he uses is like foreign currency. Let's say you've got some Thai currency less left over. You, you've already booked your trip to Thailand in nine months' time. You stick it in your tickler file for that time. So when that month comes around, the, the cash is in the right file for you to remember. And it's just a decent place to store it. So I guess with a, um, like a tickler file, you'd be checking that every day. Like there's something in there, then obviously it's for a reason. Or yeah, yeah. You so, remind yourself to check on that day and that. Otherwise, you might just might as well just have like a weekly tickler or something. Like yeah. That. So each yeah. so each day you so today what's it the twenty fourth of September? So I would pull out my number twenty four file, open it. Either there's something in there for me to refer to, in which case it goes in my intro, or um, or there's not. So I just stick it behind the now now yeah. the October file. And now the front of my file will say 25 for tomorrow and the 24 will now be in reference to the 24th of October rather than the 24th of September. Yeah. That might okay. sound too much to kind of hold in your mind to listen yeah, yeah. to. But. Now, yeah, I wonder whether you could just do like a weekly tick rather than have one for each day. Like... But the idea would be like, so with the birthday card example, I would want that in a file to look at in a few months time, right? True. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so you mean, sorry, you mean like stuff to, to open every day? Week. Yeah. 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 Like, as in, like, you go, when you do your weekly review, you just look in and you're like, okay, here, what's the tickler things yeah. I needed this week rather than like, I guess it depends how busy you are, but I, I can't imagine that I've got 365 separate things I need to. Yeah. So you would, uh, you, yeah, no, that makes sense. You could do it that way. But you, you would, uh, yeah. it's not like you have, 365 files it's you have the 31 and then 12 so you would have 43 files and then yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. but, so you would have the files the your daily files but you don't have daily files every month like once you've done that day you put it behind the next month so it's ah oh, okay yeah yeah that makes sense so you don't have like a giant file you can have a you know just a a, bo- a small filing box of 43 files okay I, f- I, fi- I finally get that now yeah right. thanks <laughs> yeah um so so i couldn't sorry i couldn't yeah. post myself something for the um 25th of january because i don't have any days in my january file yet. i would just stick that in the january file so i'm just posting it for that month but, okay. but I could post something to myself for a specific day in October, which is a lot closer, up until okay. the twenty fourth. Because, yeah, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm following. I'm following. Yeah. Okay. So I it, don't think I'm going to do that. But yeah, yeah. If it's sense. if it's for next month, or if it's for within a month's time, you can post yourself something for a specific day. If it's further away than a month's time, you can just post yourself to that month. Yeah. Yeah. So each, each month you would look in your monthly file and, um, just review the stuff that's in there to do that month and get it on lists and things. Um, just curious, like how how far are you into this process at the moment? Like are you, so I did, have you just been collecting stuff so far or? I did all the cap. I did all the capturing. So I did like an inventory of all my stuff and all the stuff when? on my mind. <laughs> when was that? Like last uh, weekend, was Saturday, it? yeah, and Sunday. Oh. Do you enjoy it, or was it tedious? Um, both. It was both like 
hard and exciting and relieving and anxiety provoking. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it can be. It's yeah. I, I I would say relieving and overwhelming somehow simultaneously. So it's overwhelming to gather that many things that you know are somewhere on your mind, but it's also relieving to have have all that externally. How many things were in your in tray? I didn't count them. Um, like three hundred, something. Yeah, it could have been. That. Yeah, something like that. And, yeah. and so there's stuff. That, so there's also there are ways to reduce what you capture. So I, I kind of have a sort of like a crap drawer, like a drawer with just odds and ends in. And so you always have. When you were like twelve, always got to have one. And um, always got to be used batteries in there as well. They can't be ready to use. Oh no, nah, I, I can't can't be storing used batteries anymore. Life's too short. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, so what I could have done if I if I thought I had a week, say, to do the capturing process, I might have opened that drawer and started doing an inventory of everything in it, but. I'm not going to do that on a weekend. So I just put like purge and organized crap drawer and put that in my engine. Yeah. Like and yeah. same, a, another, a good example of something I did put in my tickler file would be, so like I still have some possessions in my parents' house, which obviously I can inventory because they're a few hours away. So I put like, uh, yeah, purge and organize and, and get, st- get my possessions that are left in my parents' house. And then I'll stick that in my tickler file realistically now probably for december for when i go down for christmas okay yeah or maybe i might put it in a bit sooner in case like i happen to be going that way for another trip or something okay wow i've uh, I, I guess oh, i wasn't expecting so, so that's that's all the capturing yeah. and then then yeah. I, I yeah i've also defined it all um i know i mean i've i've picked up a few more since then obviously but like i've defined the next actions for everything that was in there uh, I did okay. that over Sunday and some of Monday. And um, then I got to the, so what was it? Capturing, clarifying. I guess I'm I'm in a mixture of the engaging and organizing part. So I think the organizing, okay. organizing stuff into, so you know, I said like, oh, it might go on my phone list or it might go on my at computer list. Computer list, yeah. yeah. Um, or it might go, you know, at my in town list or something like that um he says that that's kind of an evolving system that you'll have to work out just by doing it for yourself he's like you know here are some ideas which will probably work for most people but like for your current context it will um evolve over time so i'm sort of doing stuff whilst playing with these different contexts and lists and projects and things there could be things you do in like in transit when you're on public transport. Yeah. So that might be like listening to a certain article or um, sending emails or whatever. Like there'd definitely be, and it, that's a really useful thing to think about. Um, I suppose just want to kind of transition this to things that maybe, um, you know, if you haven't done the full system, you haven't done yeah. this full inventory, which is obviously seems like a really um, rewarding, useful and um, on going way of doing things like once you've set it up it's mm-hmm. kind of relatively um once you've got a yeah, handle it's just maintenance, like simple to carry. maintenance exactly yeah and um i suppose like thinking about you know for myself and people who might not be wanting to do the whole process you know some simple things thinking about like 
writing down like next action lists and really thinking about like what time and place is good to do those. So when yeah. you're living out your week, you yeah. know, what sort of things can I get done when I'm on that 20 minute bus ride to work? What yeah. are typical things that I could get done? You know, some people might want to pay some bills on their phone. People might want to email for me. It's, um, you know, like journaling, like that's, yeah. that's the time I do that, you know, or, um, you know, catch up on soccer highlights for the weekend or whatever, you know, at a certain yeah. time, football. Oh, always feel bad. Um, yeah, so I, th- that, that's something I've definitely taken away from, from this, you know, thinking about like the context in which I do things. Yeah. And then, yeah, again, the things about, you know, the time available, the energy available, yeah. the context is said, and the, like the priority of things. That's yeah. something I've really thought about. I think that's really helpful because like he, he makes, makes the point that say you're on that 20 minute bus ride, you pull out your next actions list and there are like just 200 things on there. You now have to do loads of clarifying just to decide what to do. Whereas if yeah. you pull out a like, I mean, a, I don't know, an at transit list and there are just 12 things on there, then you can actually just engage with any of them that like you have the energy and time for. Um, and you can, you can maybe even like categorize them in like how long they, they take mm. as, as well. Like you could have like a, a five minute actions list. You've looked at things like they'll take five minutes yeah. or you could have a two. I mean, obviously he wouldn't say this, but you could have like a two minutes action yeah. list, like something you can do like in an elevator. Yeah. It's going up to the ninth floor or something. He you know? talks about like, you know, in an ideal situation, your, your lists would automatically categorize into the amount of energy, time, priority and context yeah. you're at. So at any point you could think like, Oh my, my, my five minute, on a bus list with 50% yeah, yeah. energy would arise. But he was like, really, uh, you know, until that kind of technology comes into play, it's always a balance between um, the, the effort it actually takes to organize a system like that but like versus what you just need to see in that moment. So, he, you know, he made a bit of a joke about, you know, you, you could get your Excel spreadsheet out and organize things by, you know, five minute actions, 10 minute actions, 25 minute actions and and actually, at the end of the day, if you're just sticking "Call My Brother" on there, you know, was that time and effort really worth it? So, so there's kind of a there's a what would you call it a tipping point where how much you organise your stuff becomes like less worth it than actually just engaging with it. And I think that's just, just for each person to find out for themselves, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, something I've just you know popped into my mind is um, like. You know when people like don't want to do things, they get in like a really lazy mood and they don't feel like doing anything at all. Mm. Um, I guess I've reflected in those moments and maybe reflecting on like atomic habits a little bit about like just do something, like cast a vote for yourself, at least do one thing positive. Like I wonder if that'd be useful for people who find that they they often don't really feel like they've got the motivation or drive to kind of do anything that feels productive it's kind yeah. of like well if i can't do do anything at all then i'm just gonna choose the easier option with that's just kind of like sitting in front of tv or not exercising or just i suppose just being a bit mm. lazy in general like i guess it's i'm thinking it's like a good way of just reframing like there's probably always something you can do that mm. would make you feel like you're moving forward in your life or take off a layer of um stress or pressure or mm. yeah make you feel productive as opposed you know, 
But and like if you, if you were those, yeah. if you were knackered and just wanted to lie on the sofa and watch some TV, knowing that you your system is in place such that like nothing's going to bite you in those two hours, like nothing's going to catch up on you. There's no looming deadlines hanging in the back of your mind. Would it actually True, yeah. would it actually allow you to relax and watch that television show rather than like? Exactly, lying there yeah. a bit semi-anxiously thinking like oh I should really be doing this thing and I've got this sense that there's yeah, terrible things yeah, I yeah, should yeah. be doing yeah because hmm. you're not actually relaxing when that's happening you you got cortisol flow around you you, you the, the amount of avoidance it takes to push those thoughts away you know costs you psychological energy and hmm. yeah what impact do you reckon this has on like procrastinating on things does it kind of I um, can only presume it helps alleviate procrastinating by knowing exactly what the next action step I is. Think it, I think it depends um, on the source of the procrastination. I think somewhere near the start of the book, he, um, you know, he says that uh, this isn't a this isn't a mental health guide. Like if if you've got, um, you know, depression or quite severe anxieties and deeper issues like this you know this is a manual for um how to structure your life stuff but but it can only be taken so far so if if the source of that procrastination was sort of like a, a a chronic underlying childhood shame of failure and the idea of doing anything productive fills you with dread then you're just not going to implement yeah. the system at all, are you? But if your source of your procrastination is um, just feeling too overwhelmed of everything you have to do, then I think this system would help with procrastination. So I think it kind of depends. I think it can lead to like a... I like that feeling of when when you're organised and you're getting things done that are on your list or of things to do that you know are good for you and you know are important for you. Mm. There's like a certain level of um, like trust you have in yourself. You become like reliable and accountable to yourself. Mm. Yeah. And I love, I love that feeling of just knowing that like, no matter what the circumstance was, is that like I had some order in my life that like I was moving things forward. And also like, it's good for the, the remembering self too. You know, you look back and go like, okay, I did actually spend my week wisely and I got a few useful things done, even if I didn't feel like it. I mm. I held myself accountable to a few things or at least I was clear on what I needed to do rather than just kind of sitting in this malaise of, yeah. kind of laziness or uncertainty and worry, I guess. We were talking before um, we started recording about the ways in which some of these books were um, overviewing um, cross-reference one another kind of thing and what you're talking about at the moment and the, the sections you're referring to really reminded me of the six pillars of self-esteem kind of being mm. personally responsible personally accountable having personal integrity like when you make promises to yourself actually knowing you follow through of them and I, I think this um, I just in the last weekend, uh, having implemented the system, I, I feel a bit lighter and a bit more confident in myself that I'm going to do the things I've actually committed to myself. Yeah, yeah, you kind of um, you've made like an agreement with yourself, and you're sticking to it. And there's a mm. certain level of, um, and it also shows you what you can 
do. It shows you what you're capable of. If you just like put in a bit of structure, or you just organize yourself a bit. It's amazing yeah. what you can do. I think there's a lot of people who um, maybe don't don't get as much done as they want to do, or don't feel productive, or do meaningful activities just because they haven't taken the time to define them mm. as well, and you know, make them take response. You know, that pillar of self-esteem, like yeah. accepting more responsibility, taking full responsibility for your actions and yeah. all the inputs in your life, and what yeah. do I want to do with them? Like and what also, do I want to so, act on them or not? Yeah, and or not is important as well. The actually, once you know what you have on your plate and you actually have that organised, you, you can more confidently say no when someone asks you to do something or when you have an idea yourself. You know, let's say, I don't know, this XLR cable. You know, let's say a decent one was three hundred quid. I'd be like, well, actually, I just live with the hum, like. <laughs> I, I can say no to that and just chuck that in the bin and be okay with that. Yeah. Like, and put it yeah. like it's still resolved, even though nothing's actually changed, but it hasn't, it's mentally changed. Well, that's what he says. He says it's, we learn to be okay with what we're not doing. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we stop feeling, you know, kind of guilty about not doing certain things that like, we've made a clear decision that like, this isn't important or this isn't actionable or, or this isn't worth my time. Yeah. I think that's something that definitely, happens to me sometimes or I guess with anyone who um, maybe has you know perfectionist traits or feels that they need to act on everything or please everybody that they they actually you know he talks about that himself like wanting to please people and say yes to absolutely every task that's put his way and he says that eventually like by saying no and being clear on what you will and won't do and what suits you like you actually get a lot of respect to the people Mm. around you yeah, it's the same self-esteem on. stuff, isn't it? I, I like the yeah. example he, he kind of gives of, like, imagine someone in your life um, kept breaking promises to you, you know, to you. You know, you said, oh, I'll meet you at the cinema at six, and they just don't show up, and they just forgot, or they said they would do something, and they didn't. Like, y- you would just, you know, slowly or quickly lose trust in that person and just not believe them when they said they would do things. And he's like, the same applies to you. Like whenever you talk to yourself and commit to something, each time you don't do that, again, it's casting the votes thing, right? You're, you're just downgrading your self-esteem a little bit more. You're having less integrity to yourself, less trust in yourself. Yeah. yeah. He says um, there's like three, three things to do about like agreements with yourself is either like don't make the agreement, mm. complete the agreement with yourself mm. or renegotiate it, which mm. I know obviously sounds a bit... Um, like they would be your three options anyway, but it's the useful way of thinking about it. It's like, okay, if I'm not going to complete this agreement, I'm going to break it. Like you, you, you just, you don't make it in the first place almost. Like you stop making agreements that you're not going to fulfill. Yeah. So let's take the cinema example. You know, a, a friend asks you to go to the cinema tomorrow night. If you know what's on your plate, you can comfort- more comfortably like, oh, so I'm, I've got a lot on, um, I, I'm not going to prioritize that, so I'm going to say no, but thanks. Or alternatively, if you've already booked it in, something else comes up, you can more proactively call them, say, I'm sorry, something else has come up. I'm, I'm going to need to renegotiate our, our cinema thing. Um, I could do it this time if, you, if you're willing to. But, but that, would, that would leave them more trust in you than just not showing up. And again, the same applies to yourself. Like If you re- renegotiate your own commitments to yourself then you will still trust yourself in a way you wouldn't if you just avoid them there's a certain feeling you get isn't it when you 
you know, you complete something, especially with like a project that, you know, had a lot of action steps like that continual dedication to, you know, showing up for tasks and taking responsibility and getting them done and renegotiating with yourself where needed. But, you know, there's a real satisfaction in that. I'm just thinking, you know, if I had that in every area of my life, you know, thinking about the um, the Tony Robbins um, uh podcast we did last week you know think about like the eight different life areas you know if i was like totally get dedicated to the next actions in my health like Mm. where would my body be if i was totally Mm. dedicated to my like um the next actions to get my you know my you know my professional being like the best worker i can be or if i did in my financial life like if i got myself organized and knew exactly what i needed to do like Mm. who knows what i could be or where i could be yeah could be going you know so i think it's just a yeah it's like really important like to yeah take that responsibility and go like right what is it i actually need to do get a full scope of what's going on in your life and i guess that's kind of what you're doing with this this system but like once you know the ground you're on and you know what needs to be done it, it can give you more direction i imagine with this as well like if you if you settle into this system and get a good momentum with it it could really um what's the word like build on itself like mm. snowball into something bigger and you know you find yourself taking on bigger projects because you're mm. organizing them better or like you're stretching yourself more than you ever could yeah i certainly feel um optimistic about that happening especially now i've actually bought filing cabinets i feel like by <laughs> by, by doing that i'm holding myself accountable you know it's when when you've just got it on your computer it's easy to let it slip but when you wake up and see a filing cabinet you're like ah oh, probably should crack on with that <laughs> yeah nice. Um, i'm glad you brought up the tony robbins thing because uh, i wanted to talk about how this this david allen getting things done he, he emphasizes that it's a bottom-up approach and he emphasizes why he does that you know he he starts with buying the cat food and the stresses you have at work and like catching up the friends you've been meaning to like he starts with the stuff that's in your head rather than like what's my life purpose? What are the general areas in my life and working your way down? And I think- Rise five. <laughs> yeah, I think that ties in really nicely with the Tony Robbins stuff, right? Because that Tony Robbins yeah, team oh, started yeah. at the top and it's like, so like, why the fuck are you on this planet? Like what, what areas in your life do you actually care about? And like set some goals within those areas. What are the next mm. actions to do within those goals? Stick those in your calendar and start working on them. But David Allen's like, no, like, you've got to clear your head first. Like start with what, where you actually yeah, are yeah, at. Yeah. Start with what's on your mind. Capture all that. Work through that. And then that will give you space to, to think about, you know, what are, what are the areas of my life? Do, do I really want to be doing this job? And Love like, that. Such a good reflection. Yeah. Because oh. if you start from the, he's like, when you start thinking about the general principles, values, and areas of your life, it will help you generate more goals and ideas but then if you're already not on top of the stuff you've committed to at the moment, that's just going to become even more overwhelming. Mm. I think it's, it's interesting, you know, with a lot of these, uh, I suppose like self-help programs, yeah, you've totally yeah, got me thinking about it. like a lot of them do start with that, like what's your dream goal? But then like mm. as the book goes on and it kind of gets to the final 100, 150 pages, it doesn't seem to like, they go, right, set yourself some goals. Like, what are the three things you're going to do this month mm. to move yourself closer to the goals? But that's that's not how it works. It's mm. like, what are, like, all the next action steps you need to take? Like, really get, like, mm. specific. And I think, like, those 
I mean, it's nice to do both, but I, I wonder whether, you know, for example, in this book, he hasn't gone in depth about like purpose and principles and yeah. vision so much. He, he kind of goes up to what he calls like horizon two, three, I guess. Yeah. yeah like goals in terms of like projects, but you know, he says like ground is like your current actions. is like the ground level. Mm. Then there's like horizon two, which is your current projects. Mm. No, sorry, Horizon 1, Co Project Horizon 2 is areas of focus and accountabilities. Yeah. That's the starting point, right? Like, work out what it is that's important to yeah. you, know, the, the specific actions. And then, yeah, from there, looking at those. And it's almost like yeah. you can work on the two separately in some ways and as well. Yeah, it, he almost, it's almost like you said, I, I feel like he's saying, if you get on top of everything you've already committed to in your life and you feel in a flow with it, you trust that you've got a system set up to capture and manage it, manage it all. And you can live in the moment with everything you're doing because you know it's you, you know you trust yourself to capture and work with it. Then naturally you'll think about your future goals and your visions and your higher purposes because you'll have that mental freedom to allow your naturally creative mind to do its thing. So it's more like he spends, you know, five, six of the book saying like how to organize buying cat food into your system. But, but like that's, he almost has a, a faith in humanity that your values will um, creatively blossom for you once you're on top of everything because most people aren't. Yeah. And I guess in, in the process of going through all your stuff and working through that and building this system, like you would naturally work out like what's important to you and what's not. Mm. Like yeah, you yeah. eventually realize that like, okay, these things are taking way too much time and it's not important to me. So you yeah. might be putting more things in the trash or yeah. you might, as you go through your, your tickler file, realize like, actually, no, that's not something I want to do. Like yeah. it's just a natural process of, I suppose doing more things, you work out what things you want to actually do, yeah, and yeah. then eventually, like, yeah, narrow that down, and so eventually, you're only spending your precious time, and I guess what he would say, like your your attention, your focus, yeah. your presence on things that matter to you, rather than yeah. like wasting your time on tasks that maybe don't serve a greater goal. Like, I imagine there'd be. There's always going to be like those life tasks, you know, those errand-based tasks that mm. maybe don't feel as important. But I, I'd imagine as like this grows and you go on, that you'll be eventually the stuff that's going in your next actions list feel important to you. Mm. Maybe what goes in the in tray is often going to be random and have yeah. some total weird things in there that don't yeah. apply to you, but they just popped into your head. But like in in that defining stage. Like when yeah. you're defining things and what they mean to you, that's what he's saying. You know, just deciding what it what it means to us. Um, yeah, he says like defining what done means to you and what doing looks like as well. Yeah. So once yeah, you've done yeah. that defining, in that process, you're just going to know whether this is important or not. Like you'll get bored pretty quick if you realise that all this effort you're going to put into something is yeah. worth doing. It's like, do I yeah. really want to spend all weekend organizing my dead and semi-dead batteries into different categories or like... Fuck when them I, all off. <laughs> <yeah>, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Go play some tennis. Or like <laughs> live a bit, you know. Um, yeah. It's the we, It's interesting. Uh, both, both of us, when we discussed the Tony Robbins program, talked about how much we, we liked his approach to your general areas of life but didn't really engage with his sort of ending section on sticking stuff in your calendar. Like 
it, it was almost overkill, yeah. wasn't it? Like each step in your calendar had like six, six different boxes to tick. And it's like, like David Adam was saying, you know, if, if the task is just, you know, call your brother, then do you really need to overthink all the like ways to organize that action? And I think, yeah, especially if it's a two minute action. Remember we said that like, you know, mm. for some actions, it'd feel like it would take longer to write down yeah. which goal area this was for rather than just actually doing it. That's why he suggests two minutes because he's like, that's usually the threshold of where it's easier to do it than to actually just process it into the system. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, really interesting reflection with the Tony Robbins one. Yeah. I really hadn't thought about about that but yeah it's kind of nice coming at it from two different angles yeah isn't it? it's almost like you could use where at the end of david allen's book he was like oh and you might want to kind of there are there are loads of ways out there in which you can reflect on your higher goals values and purposes of life but he you know th- this isn't the program for that and equally the tony robbins one does that well but then ends on a way which to structure your next actions into your life, which is just overkill and felt too much for both of us to engage with. It's nice to kind of take both and stick them head to toe together. Is there any, um, I suppose, yeah, coming up to final reflections and things like that. um, Was there any comparisons you drew with um, uh, Tim Ferriss for our work week at all? Anything that kind of maybe got you thinking you could integrate both or as a, is this a, a time saving thing or a, a mental space saving thing? I know he's talking about, you know, cutting down your mm. workload and cutting out the unimportant things in your life mm. um, to focus think, on what's important to you. Mm. Yeah. As you say that it's, um, I think, yeah, the, the idea of capturing everything and then that allows you to cut out the, the non-important. Um, I, I didn't, yeah, to answer your question, I, it didn't, I haven't considered it in the same way I thought about um, Six Pillars Self-Esteem and the Tony Robbins program, for example, that they entered my head a bit more than the Tim Ferriss one. Mm-hmm. But, but just thinking about it in the moment, yeah, I think maybe Tim Ferriss talked about the dream lines, so kind of the... Um, what you actually want to do with your life, which is a bit more with the higher end stuff. And mm. then again, talked from that point, working down to get there. Yeah. And I think, yeah, th- this, I-, I like what David Allen's saying in that, um, you might think of something and think, well, oh, that's not important as if to think, well, oh, forget about it. So, I know I've said it five times, but the buying cat food, for example. But he's like, your your mind doesn't work that way. Your as long as something's on your mind, your mind will think you should be doing that all the time, and it 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 produces, you know, equal amounts of um, tension that stuff's unresolved. So I think um, I like the idea of capturing everything. Ha- how however unimportant it might seem and then deciding either to do it or not and if you're going to how um so i think that's a gap that this fills in for me yeah and i i like the um i mean i suppose thinking about like how i've I've applied this you know putting in into my like weekly calendar which i do have in there you know like my habits my goals for the week my over over a week view and i put things in a calendar only if i'm I'm going to do them that day specifically yeah. and I'm having a next action just to like reflect on if ever I'm um, 
you know, have spare moments where I find myself completing things quicker. Like I'm finding it's giving me more flexibility and having everything there gives me more perspective as well. I can kind of see everything that I need to do that week and anything that kind of pops into my head that's important, I kind of jot down in my diary. Mm. I wonder whether that list is going to get a bit too big at some point. Mm. But it's kind of nice to like, because I do a weekly review every week as well. So I look, you know, what did I do this week? What's left over? What's Mm. the next important thing for me to do? And I try and schedule those in in the next week. So Mm. I suppose giving me... Because that's already something he suggests in in the reflecting part. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that's, um, I guess I'm integrating those, you know, capturing the next actions and completing things in two minutes. But also, I guess, being aware of like, yeah, as I said earlier, like time, energy available and the priority right. of it all um, you, you then, raised um, yeah sorry you, you, you no, raised yeah. the tim ferris book i wonder if you raised that because you there was something you noticed you wanted to mention yeah i think just around deciding what's important for you to do like i guess after the tim ferris one yeah. i'm getting a bit um got a bit dreamy about maybe just moving to portugal and just <laughs> just being paid to read or something <laughs> like, um, and also it's got me thinking, you know, you know, and also um, I will get back to that, but you know, we're, we're kind of tying up a, a three part series here on like lifestyle design, yeah. time management, prioritizing. And I, I guess it just, the Tim Ferriss one's kind of got me thinking about this sort of how I could do more things that are important to me and yeah. living a lifestyle that feels a bit more suited. So yeah. I guess I'm just looking at like my, different responsibilities as well making me think about like what responsibilities do I want to take on you know looking at my current workplace there are some like responsibilities that I absolutely love but then there's other parts of the job that I, I just don't I mm. don't necessarily enjoy and I think that's the same with any job but um it, it's got me thinking about like if I can capture all of those things yeah and look at them with a bit of perspective then yeah. I can start actually coming up with a real vision of like what I want to do and where I want to be. Like Mm. what are the tasks that I'm actually having to do on a daily basis Mm. that I don't Mm. enjoy? Is there a way to cut those out and streamline my career or streamline my lifestyle? Awesome. Um, But until that point, I guess there's kind of a lot of like maybes or niggling things that I complain about or don't like that I'm not actually going to act upon. Uh, That's something he talks about in the book, you know, like I don't want to, have lots of unknowns or undefined things that mm. I don't like in my head. Whereas actually if I can define what it is that I do and don't mm. like, then maybe I'm in a better position to live a lifestyle that's more in line with my, you know, eight key life areas and is going a bit more in that direction in line with those values as opposed yeah. to just kind of trundling along and complaining about things I don't want to do. <laughs> I had a few things like that. And generally for me, the next action they came under was sort of a, a brainstorm this or draft ideas on this. So like, like, mm. like I had a, you know, at the end of each week, I sort of, I, I note down all the clients I saw for, so I can keep tabs of um, the amount of clinical hours I built up for my governing body. And, and, but then I also sort of do a similar thing to keep tabs of finances for my tax return. And then I do a similar thing for the organization I work for. And it's like, well, actually I'm kind of doing the same piece of admin for three different places. It, I'm not sure how yet, but that feels like a waste of my time. So in my next actions, I've got like draft ideas to streamline that admin. 
and you, yeah that'll be a especially that streamlining side of it yeah yeah so i can really kind of relate to that part of yeah what you've pulled out of the tim ferris book and um and the ways in which you want to kind of cut out the crap in your life that you just don't like doing if you can or at least reduce it and mm. making actually a decision on either doing that or just accepting it can't and living with that because it's a necessary part of something you do value and being okay with that but not just holding it as a maybe in the back of your mind i think yeah just that that clarity just makes such a difference doesn't it like you're clear in your head then yeah because i I guess at the moment i've been going through all of this i'm sometimes i think like have i got any like projects i'm doing or any plans is there anything that i'm working towards what is like because I've often like put it to the side, I'm like, okay, I'll do this when I get a project that comes around. But I feel like it could inspire me to actually like follow something through or d- design that life that I want to design. Mm. Whereas at the moment, because my my job is relatively locked in for the next couple of years, mm. feels like that side of it's done. But I haven't thought beyond that, and I guess that's mm. happening in a few areas of my life, and especially especially feeling a bit restricted at the moment. I'm not yeah. able to explore as much as I'd like, but um, yeah, I think it this sort of thinking these ways of thinking and stuff will eventually lead to the, some inspiring visions that i can then act upon and oh, yeah, nice. in, interesting projects i want to get on with but yeah uh, i've really enjoyed these like three books i think they're tied really nicely I, I like like kind of doing it like this yeah 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 to do like three things that aren't exactly the same but they come under the same category of maybe productivity or lifestyle design and it's mm. you get a few different perspectives i think it just it's now just come to me um in answer to your earlier tim ferris question yet yeah, that the idea of saying no to stuff or like or to stop doing something that you've realized is not valuable is is something that kind of crosses over between these two you know tim yeah. ferris talked about you know if you're in the cinema and you don't like the film just get out of there like if you're <laughs> half, if you're halfway through a book you're not enjoying just commit to not reading it and um yeah there's a lot of crossover in that in this system where it's once commit you clarify, to what you're not gonna do yeah, yeah once clarify, you clarify yeah. your stuff you can be like actually i don't want to do that and i'm okay with that and now it's off my mind it's resolved because i've decided it's just a no and that's okay yeah yeah nice nice I um, I know we're sort of wrapping up, but I want I I'd, I'd love to know more the uh, what you've like. What are some of the best bits you've taken from it to sort of implement in the system you already have? Because I know you've kind of taken it that way round, right? Rather than like I have just following the manual, you kind of took bits from it you like and put it into what you're already doing. I'm, I'm interested into what are the what's the best sort of tricks you've um you've taken from it mm, the best thing yeah is, is adding a next actions list to okay. my weekly diary so having that at the bottom as well so like i can have an overview and i can reflect on last week's next actions list and guess having tasks in there that kind of aren't urgent but they can cut they can float around a little bit mm. you know like when when i get the time i'll do them yeah so it's not a calendar um, thing but it's uh when I've got spare time, look at this list and try and knock some stuff off. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, having actually having this conversation, I think I would like to um, make my system a bit more sophisticated. I'm noticing how that is and isn't working in some ways. Um, Other things I implement in general is, is just that knowing, you know, we're talking at the beginning before we went on that like sometimes you read a book and 
it tells you things that you're kind of already doing and you're like, oh, this is really nice. Like yeah. I've already got that as part of my repertoire. I think just that weekly review. Yeah. I've I've been doing that for the last like I'd probably say like a couple of years, obviously. Awesome. Away. But like in general, every Sunday I'll sit down like in a nice spot and I'll like type out my weekly review and I reflect on not just tasks I've done, but like was I behaving the way I wanted to? Was I communicating the way I wanted to? Yeah. Where did I feel some resistance? Where did I feel some tension mm-hmm. that I, you know, been working on or where um, where could I be more purposeful? And I think knowing from his angle that a weekly review to look at everything that's going on in your life, whether that's a task or an attitude you're carrying. Yeah. And go back and go like, okay, cool. Actually, I did uh, meditate seven every single day this week. I did journal yeah. every single morning. I exercised six out of seven days. I ate well six out of seven days. Yeah. You know, being so, able to look at that, it's a continual way of reflecting and yeah. refreshing myself as well like, and inspiring me for the next week. It sounds like as well, you're looking at, during this review, you're looking at reviewing things on different levels. So you can actually review like just what stuff did I do on my next actions list? But yeah. on the higher level of values, it's like, well, how much did I live in line with my principle of the way I want to communicate or how much I want to, you know, look after my well-being or something like that. So you can, and I do do, um, I do do reviews. Um, let's say like every three months, I'll look at like my overall goals, like really okay. take a full step back and look at it. And then, you know, even, um, you know, when me and you have done like the self authoring program, where you do the Tony Robbins 10 day thing. Like that's something you only tend to do like once a year, once every yeah. like 18 months, it'd be yeah. too exhausting to do that weekly. <laughs> yeah. But I think this is a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this has really inspired me to like reflect more on the the ground level, the current mm. actions, what are the next actionable things I need to do. So, yeah. I mean, I do some of it, but I think that's something I'd like to do better. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. Yeah, I would. I, I'm, I think the way I phrased this uh, to my girlfriend was like, if I was making a Bible, this would be one of the books that would go in there. Like, <laughs> Nice, uh, nice. With Six pillars of self-esteem, right? Yeah, that would go in there. And the first half of the road less traveled. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The last half could go in the actual Bible. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was ripped from that anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. Good stuff, mate. Good. So um, what are we, uh, what are we doing next? Um, Is it non- we Not haven't decided, you know, what's funny. Yeah. So if I, if I open my Evernote and I go to my, uh, go to my tags, I go to my at will list in my at will next actions is talk to Will about next few books for podcasts. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> so we, we, were, we were either going to do nonviolent communication or that, um, that Mark Bowden one. Mark Bowden on, um, yeah. So but, but basically the, the next three we're going to do is on communication, yeah. body language, um, signaling, that sort of thing. So yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. This has been something that's kind of just come a bit more present in, mm. in my life. You know, think about some reflections I've had from work as well, from colleagues, and I guess increasingly just communicating to new people in a new job. And I know mm. you do a lot of that in your job. So I think, um, yeah, nonviolent communication is going to be the first one we start on. And then, cool. um, to find our next action. Of, there we go. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and there's a couple, couple from Mark Bowden I was interested in doing, but, um, mm. yeah, body language is a, is a fascinating one. So I'm interested to, 
get into it and maybe um, we'll see some links between, um, you know, on confidence or yeah. attached maybe, yeah. that sort of yeah. thing. You know, there could be some interesting links. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to those. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to be back. I think we've had a, two or three weeks off, so it's good to be back on the cast. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to our communication trio. Awesome, mate. Much love. Chat to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.